yeah. You got niggas in the states, I got fans that's overseas, yeah. You can just do what you please, you know we both got a knees, we know we both got a breathe. I should just guess in these streets, your mama ain't fucking with me, and that's alright. I'm never gonna get that time, baby. Hey guys, welcome back to Block Channel. We're back for episode 41 and the start of a brand new, beautiful season. Uh, looking forward to blessing you guys with a lot of uh, really, really dope tunes, uh, as I always do. Uh, I've been getting a lot of uh, outside messages from people thanking us for uh, the intro music and how well curated it is. And I just want to, uh, to those people, thank you very much. I really do appreciate that. Uh, I love putting people on to like really nice hip hop, rap music, other artists that are like more so kind of like unknown, or maybe you do know them, but you need to know more about them. Uh, you know, kind of like to just like showcase those because I think it gives the the show a little bit more of a flavor. So glad we could keep giving that to you for the for this next season as well. Um, we're back uh, with our faithful co-hosts, um, Demetric Ferguson and Corey Petty. Uh, Erica Amatori is not here for this episode. Uh, if you did not see uh, the Bit Daily, uh, her newsletter and uh, company uh, just recently uh, got some funding. So she's chilling, taking champagne baths and stuff, but she'll be back. Um, and so when she finishes that up, uh, she'll probably be uh, uh, back for uh, future episodes. Um, but in th- today, we're also joined by Buck Purley from the Bitcoin team. Uh, I used to work with him at Purse. He's a really awesome guy, and we'll make sure we uh, uh, give him ample time to give us information on his background. So, But before we do that, uh, Dimitri, Petty, you want to introduce yourselves? No doubt. Uh, uh, you guys know me, D. Host number two of the Bitcoin podcast and host number, I guess, two of Block Channel. I don't know. We don't really have a number ranking. There is there is no there is no sequential ranking. It's it's whatever you no. feel right. You could be number one today if you want to. I don't know. Oh. In that case, I would be number zero. Oh, anyway, sure. um, um, I don't know if you guys remember this, but about three seasons ago, because that's how seasons work on Block Channel. I mentioned I was going to go pick up that new Marvel vs. Capcom, and I did, and it's amazing. Oh. Wow, the continuity of the episodes. Wow, this is yep. awesome. I'm glad you did. It's <laughs> great. Sure, uh, All right, Corey, I'm passing you the rock. Yeah, D does like 18 shows. He has like 18 podcasts that he does. Uh, yeah, I'm on. I'm on the Bitcoin podcast. That's really about it. And then Block Channel. So always happy to be here. We always have great guests. Content is always yeah, fantastic. And I actually met Teddy for the first time in DC like a week ago. And it was it awesome. Does- it was only like two years. Yeah, we chilled out, bro out, had some beers. It was a good time. Uh, still haven't met Dimitri yet. 41 episodes now in deep, but maybe one day, you know? Uh, try and... All right, good, good. Uh, but now, uh, we'll go ahead and move forward. We're going to move to Buck Pearly. Um, so, Buck, can you just give us an uh, introduction on yourself? Um, give us a, a kind of a background on uh, where you came from, how you ended up here working at Purse and Beacon. And sort of, you know, where where's your pedigree lie, and, and you know, what's what's important to you? Yeah, sure. Well, um, it's been a long and winding road to get here. Originally came from the East Coast, uh, from New York City, where I grew up. I uh, went to college and University of Toronto. Uh, my background was in economics, which is uh, was actually my um, onboarding in, into Bitcoin was was through that space. Um, I was actually living in China for about six years before I came to San Francisco to, to focus on tech. And I was doing a bunch of different stuff there. I was doing marketing, I was doing web development, did some freelance, working in-house for some places. I got introduced to Bitcoin there in about 2014. Um, 
the economics intrigued me. The tech seemed cool. I actually had a had a a real use case for it because when I was freelancing, um, you know, payment is not super liquid, and you'll get paid in in uh, you know maybe in my U.S. bank account. And I needed access to it in China or or vice versa, um, and and you know I I just was playing around with it, sent a dollar to myself from from the U.S. to China, and it came through. Uh, almost instantly, didn't cost a thing, and I thought that was awesome. And so I just started continuing to play around with it. In 2000, end of 2015, beginning of 2016, I came back home for the first time in a decade, and I went to a coding boot camp in San Francisco, studied JavaScript at Hack Reactor, and and then you know started dabbling a bit in 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 program with 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 Bitcoin and because of the the JavaScript background uh, Bitcoin was something that sort of caught my eye when I first heard about it and so then last year um, around this time a little bit early early in the year I guess it was February uh, I decided to host a hackathon just for fun for uh, with some friends and uh, that's sort of how I got introduced to you, Mackie, and 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 Purse. Uh, you guys sponsored us originally, which was uh, a lot of fun. Uh, that ended up turning into a job and a worker opportunity to just work full time on Bitcoin at Purse, uh, building cool crypto tools, and yeah, it's just been a wild ride since. Oh, what uh, crypto tool are you most proud of since you started Purse? Um, well. The one I'm most proud of is one that we're coming out with in the next couple of days, and uh, maybe we can talk more about it. But it's basic. the The short version of it is that it's a it's a user interface built on top of Bitcoin. Uh, so the idea is to just help people uh, interact with their their full node, their wallets, and uh, a lot more, a lot, a lot more easily. Yeah, I think so. Bitcoin has come. We interviewed JJ right when he um, created Bitcoin. And that was along the lines, right when when it was like, you know, a bad idea to create a different implementation in Bitcoin. People always worry that it's not going to hold consensus and all this other stuff. And it's proven the test of time for a long time. And I'm kind of curious, like, I'm, I'm assuming because I know JJ is a great developer and he's not going to hire anybody that's also that, that that's also not a great developer. Where has it come since its its birth? What like what's what's changed in Bitcoin since its inception? Uh, sure. Well, I mean, since its inception, it's, it kind of depends on on where you count that. So the original the original code of, of Bitcoin was actually just an SPG wallet, um, so it wasn't meant to be a full uh, alternative implementation. It was just something that was, you know, like a, uh, a light client to interact with Bitcoin. Um, as first started to to get involved and pick up the project. And, and JJ started to dig into it. They it sort of grew out, and one of the reasons Purse got involved was just Bitcoin Core forks off of Core. None of them could handle the uh, the the volumes that that they handled, the number of wallets and accounts, and so it sort of grew. And then you know, to, they wanted to be in charge of their own security as well, so not rely on, on external nodes and have the full compliance of the wallet system on top of the node. So, it, I mean, it's grown a lot since its original inception as just a, a light client wallet. To now, it's um, 
actually right before the hackathon last year. So since you probably interviewed JJ, it's it's mined a block. There's been a block mined with Bitcoin, which I believe is the only other uh, implementation to have that accomplishment, which is pretty cool. Um, we have there. We, we put out a, a roadmap a, a couple months ago and been working on a lot of different things. A big update that's been in progress and is going to be merged into master in the next week or so is a big modularization of the Bitcoin library. Uh, this is something that BTCD has always kind of had um, and that core has been trying to do, but because there's it's just such a monolithic code base, it's been extremely difficult. Um, and so this is ready. We're actually using it in production already at Purse. And what this does is it takes out a lot of the non-essential tools that Bitcoin uses, including its crypto libraries, um, even the wallet service, um, a lot of other things that it's taken it out now. So you can sort of piece together the, the version of Bitcoin that you need. So you could theoretically, you know, just have Bitcoin running, no wallet service, no mining, but you need the node to verify transactions. Or you could actually also run a wallet totally separately on its own server. Um, and a lot of other speed optimizations that have, have come online because of that. Uh, we did, Bitcoin was SegWit ready before Core was even, um, and which is pretty cool. And some of the other things that are not quite in yet, but are in progress. Uh, one of the things that I'm most excited about is there's a, we have a developer working on what's known as Neutrino, which is something, is mm. a, the development awesome. of that, yeah. Um, for those that don't know, Neutrino is something that's it's it's officially got a BIP number now. It's proposed by uh, Roast B, Lalu, uh, Lalu, Lightning Labs team, um, and it's it, JJ actually had a hand in in the sort of the development of the idea of it. And what it is is it's a it's a new version of a light client that's 100% more private than SPV and about on average 50% lighter. Uh, so it makes it, they need it for lightning, um, the LND implementation. Um, and it also allows for much more efficient uh, like mobile light clients and things because of how much lighter and more private it is. So we've been working on implementation of that. We're about ready to, to launch the server version of it. So you can actually run a, um, you can do it now, you can run a, a uh, Bitcoin Neutrino node that's talking with uh, BTCD Neutrino nodes right now, and we're wrapping up the wallet um, uh, implementation. Man, what a journey. Can yeah. you guys hear me still? Good. Um, so since, I mean, you guys have been busy, you guys have obviously been, you know, trying to modularize the code base more to, you know, make it more secure. Uh, accessible for many different types of applications, which is great. I'm glad you guys have the the hackathon and everything coming up. Um, but let's 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 talk more about um, kind of the the hackathon. And um, because as you build these tools and continue to refine like the infrastructure for the Bitcoin Bitcoin implementation, which I obviously, as you know, is very near and dear to me. Um, how how do we continue to get people coming forward to build? you know, novel applications and, you know, services on top of this code base, which will ultimately, you know, allow it to uh, continue to be sustainable and continue to, like, push the industry forward. Because, um, you know, the world isn't made up of C++ devs. Um, yeah. it's, it's important to be uh, uh, diverse uh, in your implementation set uh, uh, only because it allows you to be more resilient 
um, network-wise. And there are other people that will argue against it, but obviously to get there, we need developers. So kind of tell me tell me what the plan is behind the hackathon and what, what you're hoping to get accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is something that I've, I've, um, I feel pretty passionately about, just the idea of getting more devs on board, um, getting more people involved in the ecosystem. And it's, it's one of the things that uh, really drew me to to Bitcoin in the first place, because I, I actually I didn't have any C++ background. And so, uh, you know, even just the, the idea of looking at, at core was pretty intimidating. And uh, what I what I found really incredible about what JJ built with Bitcoin was, uh, you know, it was just him building it. So there it's not like there was, uh, you know, at, at the time and it's not like there was this huge you know, community, you know, most problems when you're, when you're developing something, you know, you Google it and there's some answer on stack overflow and you can copy and paste and you eventually solve your problem. But there, there was nothing uh, for Bitcoin. So it's kind of forced me to dig into the code. And then you start looking at the code of Bitcoin and it's just, it's so readable. It's so well documented. It's, it's pretty easy to, to solve your own problems. Um, so the, the tool set is there and what we really wanted to where what i'm really trying to do is kind of help break down that initial barrier that people have say oh well, i don't know how blockchains really work i kind of just want to build some applications on it maybe i you know this solidity thing seems familiar to me because i know javascript so maybe i'll write some smart contracts and so i i kind of want to help break down that barrier and so the hackathon is one of the big parts of that uh we got uh, most of the people that showed up to the one last year, and that was only 50 people, a much smaller uh, event, a lot of people weren't really familiar and never programmed on top of uh, any blockchain before. And so it was a really cool opportunity. Just, uh, you know, JJ was there. Lalu spent a lot of time there as well. Uh, a few other people from the purse team. And I was there and we were just sort of hacking with people and walking people through the code base, helping them solve their problems, getting them introduced to it. And it was cool to see what people could come up with in just a couple of days. And I think a lot of people themselves were surprised what they could build. There was one team that had nobody that had worked with any cryptocurrency before, and they were the second place team and they built a, um, an application that would store um, torrents, uh, like basically the hashes of torrents on the blockchain so that if, you know, Pirate Hub went down, you could actually find a way to recover it. It's obviously just a proof of concept, but you know, that's a, it's a pretty complex process to do something like that. And it was pretty cool what they were able to, to come up with. So the, this year we're continuing that. Uh, we're hoping to have about 250 to 300 devs. We got a lot more companies that are involved. Uh, we're working with Cosmos as well. So we're trying to open it up, uh, you know, beyond just the world of Bitcoin and Bitcoin very much want to try and break through these, uh, um, you know, these bubbles that that people tend to uh, put themselves in, in in the crypto world or any world mm -hmm. really matter, um, and yeah, to just, uh, sort of enable people to 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 build new and interesting applications. You know, I like I like that you you mentioned that like that through these hackathons and the people who come out with come up to them with, with a lot of like don't have a lot of prior knowledge on how to build on top of these things. And because projects like Bitcoin, they're able to learn not only the, the fundamentals of blockchain, but also are, can end up coming up with a product that's, that's useful within the space. It, it's kind of a, I don't want maybe a, a sign of the times in that we're still a long way from massive adoption, but that's going to be the case forever, right? It's always going to be something that like someone walks in with whatever donut domain expertise that they currently have maybe a bit scared, but through like some, you know, 
a good amount of time of hard work. They can come up with something that doesn't exist yet. And it's, it's projects like Bitcoin that enable that because like you said, the code is readable. It's, you can, you can dive into it and understand how things work, especially when you have people like you, Lalu, roast beef, like uh, roast beef and JJ walking around helping you. And this, it, it, it kind of has this culture of, of helping people out, especially when you have like even furthermore, other projects like Cosmos trying to, reinforce that and breaking that what you like kind of like the echo chambers that you mentioned of this is maximalized bitcoin it's just it kind of i i like that a lot and i think these types of things need to be bolstered up more and more and more because it pushes the entire space in the right direction very fast yeah definitely i think it's just that that the sort of cognitive barrier uh that needs to be broken down whether it's just a maximalist of one coin or another or the the sort of well I don't know how this works, but you know I can make some money off of it. Um, I think the, the the getting rich off of this stuff is the least interesting aspect um, to me. And and there's just it's almost been it's, it's been a little sad the past year or so. There's been so much focus in in all of the cryptocurrencies off of the the money that can be made rather than the stuff that's powering behind it. When there's just so much exciting and interesting things that are there. And then that's the other thing about a hackathon as opposed to say a conference that it's very much focused on the, and nothing wrong with conferences. They, they play a part as well, but um, you know, the, there's the idea of a hackathon just being focused on the tech and focused on the projects and focused on the creativity and coming up with something new uh, as well. What sort of projects are you thinking are going to be the focus? Like, are you guys going to try and seed any of these sort of like developers early on? Like, are, is it like tooling and utilities and that sort of thing? Or like, a, a, you know, middleware focus? What are you trying to do? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, there's a few things. One is something that we've been building out in Bitcoin over the past year is JJ added this about a year, year and a half ago, where you could write a plugin that that attaches onto a node and you could create your own functionality on top of Bitcoin. And that's something we've been taking advantage of. We have one developer that's been working on multi-sig technology that would, uh, a multi-sig API that would attach onto the uh, wallet service and then the neutrino stuff the, the neutrino work has uh its own plugin that's attaching onto the the, the chain to do indexing um so hopefully you know people the more technically minded will, will be able to come up with services for that one of the things that uh that's been my big focus for the past six months or so is this uh this user interface that is not what we're trying to do is try and break this this cycle or this habit where uh, we're all kind of dependent on um, an existing service or a company that supports a specific interface. So uh, one of the things that kind of spurred this is, you know, Copay is a, one of the, the more reliable and, and user-friendly interfaces for, for Bitcoin and, and uh, Bitcoin Cash now, I believe. Uh, and you have MetaMask as well and Ethereum. But what, what these services are, they, you still get tied to a specific um, interface and the company that supports it, and they have to appeal to sort of the lowest common denominator, right? You want to appeal to the widest audience, and so they, the things that they can devote, the projects they can devote uh, uh, developer energy to are the ones that are going to solve the sort of the, 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 the widest spectrum of, of, of users' problems. And so one of the things that we've been working on is a platform to not just be an interface on top of Bitcoin, but actually uh, enable developers to create uh, uh, interface plugins 
to to interact with Bcoin. So rather than us build, uh, here's your Block Explorer interface or here's your wallet interface, we're going to say, here's how you build a plugin that can interact with the Bcoin API. And so all you have to do is you put together an interface that uh, maybe does a very specific uh, you know, wallet functionality, and you can just use the existing Bitcoin API with just, you know, you just call the method and it, it will do those operations for you. And Bitcoin handles all the security uh, that you don't need to really worry about. Um, and uh, so the other thing that this allows is because you don't have to build out the entire platform, you don't have to build out the entire infrastructure, you can kind of build interesting use cases that doesn't really make sense for copay to work on. So one of the, the ideas we've been throwing around is something like a dead man switch, right? Like it doesn't make sense for copay to invest in building a dead man switch where, you know, if you don't press this button um, every every six months, then your funds get sent to this multi-sig wallet. But someone could hack something like that together in their spare time, publish it as a plugin for this platform, which we're, we're calling bPanel. And other users can then install this into their into their uh, instance of vPanel. So we're hoping that people will, one of the things we're going to be encouraging, and we're, this is going to enable some easy hacking of projects, um, is that people will build together unique interfaces that, is, that, that will actually solve problems uh, sort of straight out the gate. I see, I see like a, a twofold action with kind of how you're building Bitcoin. One is what you just discussed and that people are able to build applications or even like their own interface on top of Bitcoin. But um, another one is that potentially people like massive projects in the space grabbing parts of Bitcoin and making it a part of what they do. For instance, like how you're kind of incorporating Neutrino into into Bitcoin, but the opposite could have very much taken place in that as they build out the Lightning Network, they could have taken a part of Bitcoin if, if it was modularized already and just made that a part of how it works in the first place. Um, and the more that you do an infrastructure I don't, I don't like know that, speaking, uh, add any JavaScript to his Go code, but uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> theoretically, yeah. Like that, that's kind of like you get the idea of what I'm trying to say, though. Is yep. like it's, at these projects you're trying to build something, they can take a module from what you've created and yep. incorporate it in what they do to make what they do better. So they don't have to spend the man hours associated with exactly. building a quality product to make that part work. And Absolutely. that's that's a valuable resource for the entire community across all of cryptocurrency that I don't people quite realize is can exist. Yeah, and and there's a, already a concrete example of this that's published in our repo. If you go to Bitcoin Dash Org on on GitHub, uh, we built our own uh, Ledger API implementation that used Bitcoin's tools, their crypto tools and their transaction tools. It's not running a node. It's not, uh, you know, running a wallet service or a server, but we use the, our tools to, uh, you know, parse information from a transaction, uh, do signing, uh, or actually the signing is done by the ledger. But, um, so we're actually just, we're doing exactly that. We're pulling in tools from Bitcoin, using it in this library that you can use even if you're not running anything else from Bitcoin in order to interact with uh, uh, Ledger Hardware Wallet. So that's that's an example right there uh, of how you can do that. And then somebody can then take this Bledger uh, library, which uh, itself is just the, it's just an API, it's just the interface. You can then use that uh, with an interface that you're building that then interacts with the Bledger API. So, yeah, I mean, it's totally just mix and match or, you know, it's whether it's a B-panel interface or a B-panel uh, plugin or something else entirely that a, a company is using internally. 
Yeah, so you've been working on Bitcoin for a while, uh, and you guys are obviously, you know, very passionate about uh, making sure that uh, the components in Bitcoin and all the hard work you've done is get it getting in as many hands of developers as they can. I see JJ's game here, very smart man. I'm always a big fan of his. Um, and you know, I, and I, again, as Petty was like saying, it's excellent for the ecosystem. So kind of like through this process of um, you know, working on the Bitcoin team, what are maybe some lesson learned that you've, you've pulled away from the like kind of this like project, like whether it's interfacing with, um, you know, new developers, um, you know, getting things started with Bitcoin because originally it was just JJ and then following the hackathon last year um, that we were all working on, um, you know, more po folks came on, including yourself and you took a lot of egging on. I remember that. So like, how do you feel about like, kind of like scaling uh, a dev team for a core like implementation um, of, of a major cryptocurrency and kind of like what are some challenges? Yeah, I mean, the, I think the biggest challenge for anyone in this space right now is talent. Um, and, and this actually kind of goes back to what we were talking about before, I think is this sort of cognitive barrier that uh, sort of stops people from getting in. Uh, you know, just just not enough people that are familiar with, um, you know, how, how the how blockchain protocols work. Uh, that's something that I know is pretty much a challenge in any cryptocurrency project right now. That's certainly a, a challenge that we have. Uh, kind of the approach that I've been thinking about it from is that you can't, uh, you can't, you know, if, if there are no protocol developers out there, then you can't, no amount of uh, investing in, in, you know, HR recruiting is going to help that. They're just not there. So, uh, you know, trying to, you kind of have to do a sort of grassroots approach where people can't learn about how to how to program blockchains if they're not programming and trying to program on blockchains to begin with. So just trying to to get more education out in the space, bring more awareness, um, you know, just just the having good code that in, in terms of like that's what got me on board, right? It's just JJ's code was so well written, worked so well and was so easy to follow. That helps a lot. Um, something that I think that's that we've made a lot of progress on in the past uh, year or so has just been, you know, support and, and engagement online that helps a lot. And, you know, there's only so much that, uh, and you, you see this a lot in, in core as well. It, I mean, core has way more outstanding issues and, and I, you know, Ethereum as well. They sort of these really big projects and it's a full-time job just going through uh, developer issues. And it's also, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I certainly don't have this, but it's definitely a skill on, uh, uh, you know, learning patience with people that are, are new to the space and learning how to address their, their problems. Um, but there also needs to be a certain amount of, uh, on both sides, you have to realize that it takes time to answer questions and people need to investigate a little bit more, but we, we do a lot of work just making sure to, to help, uh, provide people with those tools. So one of the first things I did was actually build out um, more more documentation and it's been uh, you know for a while people didn't know to even look for it and now we've been adding that documentation and we're able to sort of send people in that direction and, that, and that's helped a lot and people in recognizing that and that's good you know so it's a it's a very long-term play to say you know people need to start developing with it before they know enough a, a, about it to develop on it in the first place but that's how I got started. That's how a lot of the other people on our team have gotten started. And there are a lot of there's a lot of projects and companies that are using Bitcoin internally now, and they're becoming more familiar with blockchain protocols as a result of how much more approachable uh, Bitcoin is. And and they help out in the in the community and Slack on 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 GitHub issues. And so that's good. So it's it's definitely yeah it's it's 
playing for the long game, but it's it's a strategy that seems to be slowly paying off. And and hopefully with this hackathon uh, being being much bigger and uh, hopefully you know much more diverse, uh, it, it'll it'll help to accelerate that. You 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 brought up a a concept that I think is is really important, and that it's uh, one there's a severe lack of talent in the entire space, and a tremendous demand for talent at the same time. We have yeah. all of these projects that are trying to build things. Like think about all of the ICOs that happened and what all the promises that they're they're trying to put forth. And then you look at the number of developers that are capable of building those types of things. It's simply not going to happen. Um, yeah, and, it makes you think about about what the value of those ICOs really oh, are. Oh, for sure. But like, if you you have to exacerbate there. this other this other thing that you mentioned, which is which is customer support. The people that are qualified to answer customers with simple issues very, very quickly and efficiently should be working on projects because we have a You're severe lack of demand. JJ. Yeah. You're you know what I mean? JJ answering general questions and like so like that's, that's, that's a problem amongst the entire space. And so it's, it's, a, it's this siren call of go learn this stuff. You are going to future-proof yourself. We all want you to do so because we don't want to answer questions we want more help and yeah. it's it's this it's this concept that i i'm trying to drill into people's minds of of young developers is that the more time you spend in this the more successful you'll be in your future because there's so much desire for quality talent to be doing these types of things yeah. and yeah, hackathons and, and are a great way to do it yeah and yeah, I mean, hackathons are good too because you know, okay, I'm, it's it's hard to say, oh, quit your full time job and hope you get a job in crypto uh, <laughs> for a nice going to survive. But hackathons are good excuse. Yeah, it's a weekend, it's forty eight hours straight, um, but at least it's not time out of your out of your workday, and you can get some exposure, see how you like working with it a little bit, um, meet some people in the space. That that's what I think is actually the most valuable thing. Is not necessarily the prize money or um, uh, or even the projects that you're going to build, but actually meeting people that are also building in the space and this sort of excuse to learn it. And something that I tell people as well a lot is that I think really it, it can be easy to get by, especially now. When I was first starting, there was really just, there was Bitcoin content and then uh, starting to be some Ethereum content. And at the time I was able to, you know, listen to every podcast that came up on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. I could follow all the blogs that came up and, you know, you keep up with the white papers. But then it just, like, it just, you know, the, the increase was just exponential and it, it just it became too much. And so there's a lot of people that get, uh, overwhelmed with how much information is out there. And what I try and tell people is you know, try not to think too much about um, keeping up with all of it. Try and find one or two projects that really excite you. Uh, they may or may not survive, but at the end of the day, I don't don't really think that's important. I think if, if, it's, if it's a project where the fundamentals are pretty strong and uh, they're thinking about the right principles, uh, you know, if you're working at a company that fails, but you're working on, on uh, blockchain and you're, you know, you're understanding proof of work and transaction verification, because there's so little talent out there, you'll, you'll still be wanted at, uh, at another company, right? Like, uh, I, I could probably move to an Ethereum-based company just because, uh, even though I've only been working in Bitcoin stuff, just because you know you, you're thinking about things that no other engineers or developers are thinking about. So got blockchains uh, on the mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, and it's not just blockchains for blockchain's sake as well, right? Which there's a lot of that out there too. But um, so 
Yeah, I, I think that that's that's the way through. And and one of, one of the things I'm hoping with uh, this um, uh, B panel and what I'm calling a blockchain management system is that uh, sort of tricking Ooh, people. BMS. Yeah, that's you, you got it. Um, we're, we're we're hoping to almost kind of trick people into developing on blockchains, right? It's like, okay, you don't need, don't worry, you don't have to develop it, you don't have to do any protocol blockchain development. If you know how to write some React or JavaScript and call an API, you'll be good. And then you know they might say, oh, I want to do something with wallets in my in my UI. Like, okay, well, what, what's the API to do that? Oh, how does that API work? And it's like, oh, what are they doing to sign the transaction? Now all of a sudden they're digging into protocol level stuff. Um, <laughs> that's, that's exactly how it works. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 literally how I started digging into into Bitcoin. Uh, also, because JJ was not available to answer questions, and <laughs> and I had to figure it out myself. <laughs> well, uh, more power to you for making the extra effort to go go the extra mile and like really dig into it. But when you don't really have a choice, I mean, JJ JJ's difficult to get in touch with, even when he's right in front of you. So <laughs> anywhere, anywhere else, it's even harder. Um, Absolutely. But, so so go ahead and kind of just like hit us like, like what's the what what's the site for the hackathon um kind of like what's your what's your contact information if anybody that's like kind of listening wants to get in contact with you whether it's talking about um you know bitcoin or anything else that you're working on just lay it on us yeah absolutely uh so the hackathon is called crypto for your thoughts uh the website is c4yt.io um, and it's got all the information. We got a pretty uh, uh, awesome panel of judges, and, including JJ and uh, Jay Kwan from the Cosmos team. Uh, about 25K worth of prizes up for grabs total. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Bitcoin. You can find me personally on, at, on Twitter at Buck Curly. Uh, and we're on the Bitcoin Slack. If you go to the Bitcoin website, Bitcoin.io. Uh, there's a link to Slack and, and GitHub, and and there's we now have several devs that are are regularly active there. So if you have any questions, um, and I know I said that uh, new newbie questions are are uh, a nuisance, but at, in the reality, we're it's kind of fun to just help anybody out at this point. It's good to see people digging in. So uh, definitely, you know, join us on Slack and and chat with us there. Well, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. I'm really excited about your hackathon. I hope it goes over well. I'm glad you were able to continue it again this year and make it even bigger. Yeah, uh, multitudes bigger, which which is great. Which um, you know, positive positive times, bullish trend for Bitcoin development, which we know is very much needed at this point in time. Um, so again, thank you for your time, Buck. And uh, in the future, uh, once Bitcoin has taken over the Bitcoin world, you come on back uh, and you can and you can gloat a little bit. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much, you guys. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Yeah. This episode of Block Channel was brought to you by MakerDAO. MakerDAO and their team are the creators of the DAI stablecoin. The DAI stablecoin allows developers and investors to collateralize their Ethereum in return for a non-fluctuating stable asset. The DAI that they can then use to interact as a medium of exchange for payments or for developers to create more legacy-like UI UXs for their consumers who are used to spending assets that are non-fluctuating in value. To learn more about the MakerDAO and their project, The Die, check out our links in the show notes below. You ain't got love for me, but you still fuck with me. Tell me why I live through the tango. You don't want none for me, but you want company. Tell me why you always sing the same song. Got a mean streak, but the aspect. You're stuck in the past when we passed it. You wonder why we always bachelor. You wonder why we always bachelor. Contraception got me dodging blessings. You just want the time and I ain't get the message. I don't get my text in Austin, Texas. I ain't bluffing either. You can ask my exes. 
just wanna be around, round, round. I still fantasize I good the naked. You can come and get it now, 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 now. I'll take it back to playing regular.